Hey everyone, welcome to Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Brie Marie from livingbrilliant.com. I'm a blogger, online course creator, a mindset and success strategist, and now a podcast host. This podcast is all about how our mindset creates the reality of every aspect of our lives, from money, to relationships, to careers, to entrepreneurship, and even our health and wellness. I know firsthand just how powerful our mindset is, and just how easy it can be to get lost in the complexities of life. Through my own journeys with anxiety, a tough career transition, building a blog from scratch, and a super shaky start with online entrepreneurship, I've been able to connect with experts, coaches, entrepreneurs, and other bloggers from all around the world who are now excited to share their transformational stories and mindset shifts with you. So let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. Today, I was able to sit down with Allison Stockton, who is a health and wellness coach for female entrepreneurs. I actually met Allison through Maria C. Krause, who was actually one of the first guests on my podcast, and Maria created Soul Sisters Universe, which is an online Facebook community, and that's where I met Allison. So we started chatting about Ariana Huffington and what a huge inspiration she was for the both of us. She had just released her book, Thrive, where she writes about redefining success and creating a happier life. So it only came natural that I ask Allison to be a guest on my podcast, and without surprise, she quickly became one of my favorite people. Allison is a health and wellness coach who specializes in working with female entrepreneurs, and I really felt aligned with her purpose because typically my health and wellness takes a back seat, especially when I first started my business, and I was pretty lucky that my body doesn't let me go too long without giving me some hints like, hey, we need you to take care of us. So I really just felt so drawn to Allison's business model and the work that she does because we sometimes don't think twice about investing five, ten, or fifteen thousand dollars into a coaching package on sales strategies or marketing or social media. But what really matters is our health. Without your health, you won't be able to perform at the optimum levels that you need to in order to support your clients or your business. No tea, no shade, just facts. So Allison and I both agree that as female entrepreneurs, your decision-making ability is completely different when you're eating well, sleeping well, and working out versus eating junk food, skipping on sleep because you need to respond to one more email or one more comment or sitting at your desk all day and not getting outside to move your body. But health goes beyond nutrition, and this is what Allison and I really dive deep into. It is about our stress levels, our social interactions, our relationship with food, and living a life filled with purpose and passion. I've included all of Allison's links below so you can check her out. She does really, really amazing Facebook Lives where she cooks some of her favorite go-to recipes, and they're simple, fresh, and fast, so you don't need to spend three hours in the kitchen or buy a bunch of crazy and hard-to-find ingredients, which is what makes Allison's recipes amazing. 
I really enjoyed sitting down with Allison and getting to know more about her and the work that she does. And I'm so glad that I did because she is an amazing person and an amazing business owner as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. How are you? I am great, Bree. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's about, it's a little, not early in the morning. I guess it's like mid-morning, 9 a.m. where I am. So just starting my day. So why don't you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Alison Stockton, and I'm the founder of Vibrant Balanced Health, which is all about empowering female entrepreneurs to be the healthiest version of themselves that they can be. Awesome. And where are you? Well, you kind of have, you're from a lot of different places, but why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your, where you're from and where you're moving to? Okay. I am originally from the UK. I left the UK mainland several times. I first left home when I was 15 years old and set about my journey wanting to do different things. And I lived in the Channel Islands in Jersey. I have lived in the Isle of Man in between the Irish Sea and the UK mainland. I have lived in Dubai. I have lived in Switzerland. And we are about to set off on a new journey to Vienna. I'm so jealous. I, I like, I swear, I think I lived in Europe in a past life or something because I have a very like unreasonable obsession with it, but that is so cool. You maybe did. <laughs> <laughs> so I instantly loved Allison because we bonded over the blue zones, which we're going to talk a little bit about later, but the blue zones is a book written by I'm actually looking at it right now. I can't say his last name, Dan Butner. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I read his book actually when my first year of university. And I have always, of all the books that I've read, it has always like stuck with me. So it's really, really interesting. But we also talked about acupuncture, Italy, our obsession with Ariana Huffington, Deepak Chopra. And sadly, we both had burnouts from our our successful corporate careers. So why don't you kind of talk a little bit about your journey in with your corporate career? Sure. Uh, well, corporate career probably, from my perspective, is a little bit different to where it is right now. People think of the co- corporate career either in a financial sector or legal sector or whatever. I was in the hospitality sector. Mm. So dealing with lots of corporations, um, I got into it in a very early age. I thought that was where my passion lay um, and I wanted to be this hotel manager and run hotels all over the world and so on and so forth, you know, and by the time I was 18, I was like sales and marketing manager of a big hotel chain in one of their hotels. And by the time I was 21, I was like, God, this is just not for me. I was sitting having corporate dinners, making sure that the events were right, just listening to people organizing the events and me thinking, I'm so 
bored. I feel unhealthy because I've been here so long. This is not my passion. This is not my drive. I want to be working out. I want to feel healthy and I want to help other people feel healthy. So a very short career span, if you like, but I started that career when I was 15 when I left to go to Jersey uh, in the hotel industry. So by the time I was 21, I already knew that that wasn't for me. And I started in health and wellness and qualified on how to be a, a trainer because I was working long hours in the hotel. You never got rewarded for it. The more you gave, the more they wanted. And I just made that decision very young on that that, that was just not what I wanted in my life. Mm, I think... And that's a very common thing. I don't know if maybe it's just the type of women that I surround myself with, but I feel like every woman that I have talked to, we've all kind of been through that of like, we realize this is not for me. And in America, I think corporate's a little bit different. Like it's not just the financial and law sector. Like you can be in like corporate hospitality or like I was in corporate recruiting. So I recruited for like very large um technical firms and then I also worked for a financial institution as well so it's I feel like a very broad spectrum and I don't even I and I wonder why as women we're more likely to get out of corporate where men I feel like kind of just stick it out yeah I think men sometimes they're a little bit of afraid to step out of their comfort zone mm. uh, because I, I feel there's a lot more pressure on a masculine um energy to mm -hmm. be and achieve and drive forward and you know almost yeah crush all the females that are in their way out of the way to get to the top so I I think that women have a, a far greater empowered belief that they can do anything they want to outside of that corporate world yeah definitely I think maybe there's just more we see more of an opportunity where maybe men see it as like, well, this is just what I do. Like, this is what all, all my other buddies are doing. So, um, so you were working in the hospitality industry and then you jumped into becoming a personal trainer. And yeah. so was that fueled just by your, your own experiences where you were like, I need to get healthy and you found a passion for it or was there something honest, else? I, I, I started to, exercise a lot unfortunately that led me into eating disorders and so on and so forth but by the time I was like I said 21 I just realized that I loved exercising so much how great would it feel not to have to put a suit on and to just be in joggers or you know yoga pants all day long um and that was kind of where my passion went. I thought, God, if I can help myself, I can help so many other women as well. Um, not knowing then, obviously, what I know now, but I knew that was the shift that I wanted to make and to help other women. Mm, yes. <laughs> I do not miss wearing, um, like, suit jackets and, like, tailored oh. pants. It's just so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I probably spend more on workout gear than I ever did on my suits and shoes, to be honest. <laughs> oh, really? You see, I, well, I don't know. I would, like, we, I worked in, um, for, I don't know if you know Bloomingdale's mm. um, here in the States, which is kind of, like, uh, maybe closer to, like, is it Bergdorf's that you guys have? We have Harvey Nicks and we've got, um, it's like kind of, it's a very like high end retail yeah, store. Bloomingdale's is like Harvey Nicks and Selfridges. Okay. 
So yeah, um, it was like we had to wear, at least this was like for our store, our man, our like general manager was so strict with everything. So we had to wear like black suit jackets, like black. We could not have any patterns or anything like anything really. We were allowed to wear scarves, which could have a pattern. And then we had to wear pantyhose, which like was the weirdest thing. For me, be- yeah, because I was like, I've never had to wear pantyhose. So I would, I think I had like 17 pairs because I was just like, it's like a constant thing. And it was just so, if you wore like skirts or dresses, you had to wear pantyhose. I was like, this just seems very archaic. <laughs> um, so I have like not put on a suit jacket since because I was like, this is awful. Never again. Yeah, no, I'd wear a blazer with jeans now, but you, yeah, to put a suit yeah. on. No, thank you. Yes. (laughs) Give me Lululemon any day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So from a personal trainer, then you decided to enroll in the INN, which is the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So what made you want to make that transition? There's lots of things um, that made me decide that that was more that, that I could do to help women rather than just the aesthetics of being in the gym and working out. It was going deeper into what drives them forward, you know, um, not only physicality, but mentally as well, because that all comes as a package. And it took me many, many years to understand that. Um, And the biggest shift for me, if I'm honest, was when I personally had gone through anxiety and depression and the anxiety, anxiety had become so severe that it created what's called, um, and I can never say it properly, so bear with me. (laughs) It's it's vaso-something, syncope. I can never say it properly, as I said. And basically, it's when the anxiety stress um, stops the blood from functioning and going to your brain. Um, And what happens is, obviously, the the blood just stops going and you can pass out. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, moments at a time, minutes at a time, whatever. And I was under, I didn't actually realize the stress on this one particular day. And I set about to go and look after a friend's um, son and I was driving and I passed out whilst driving the car at a relative speed in the Emirates. And I I'd blacked out and I caused this car accident of about 10 cars of which, thank God, Everybody survived and there was no um, tragedies, but I was pulled out of the car, not really realizing, thinking it was another deja vu, which is what the syncope creates. And initially, my thoughts were, I wish I just died. And then as the days, the weeks and the months went on, I was like, God, there's got to be more to life than this. There has got to be more to life than feeling this anxiety, this depression, this stress, this disillusion of my own body. This is what other people and women particularly must be hearing so much more within themselves that I need to make a change. So that's when I researched with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition more and more about what it can bring to women and men, but my focus was on women, about a whole package of health and wellness, not just about being aesthetically fit. Um, And then I enrolled. But I think for me, had I not been physically fit and nutritionally strong, 
I probably wouldn't have come out of that car the way that I did. So that was my big, um, my big move to help women in the world to really underpin if they're stressed, anxious, living a life of an entrepreneur, you know, pushing their business and anxiety comes in. It's, it's coping mechanisms. Sorry. Oh my God. It's thundering outside right now. No, no worries. You're fine. <laughs> it went from amazing weather to now. Yeah. Um, so that was my big move, my big shift and the mindset that made me think, okay, you've just had this, this experience that you actually could have not woken up from. You could have left two children behind, a husband behind, a mum behind. And what good, what purpose would my life have served if I had literally just disappeared in that car accident right there and then in that day? Um, so, yeah, it took me a couple of months to really get my shit together <laughs> yeah. and realize what your purpose is more. So let's move forward with this and let's make it happen. Let's make this shift available for so many more women. Yeah, I, that is amazing. And I think a lot of women will resonate with that story, especially, and I don't think a lot of people know this, but with stress, um, especially is that your body, because we are these amazing, our bodies are just amazing, incredible machines, is we, as our body actually begins to develop uh, a sense of not resilience. What's the word that I'm looking for? Like your body adapts to the type of stress that you're under. So you don't... Resilience is a good word. I think it is. But I think as women, you know, you just spoke about the men in the corporate world. I think as women, what we tend to do is our coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. override what's really going on. And we go into this fight or flight zone. Mm -hmm. You know, ancient times men were the only ones that did fight or flight because they were the ones that went out and did the hunting and the gathering and the women were kind of like just a little bit on edge making sure that their partner came back but as as the centuries have grown as women are on fight or flight mode so much more of the time that we have to cope because we're competing with the men mm-hmm. in these worlds we're competing with are we a good enough mom? Are we good enough wife? Are we a good enough lover? Are we good enough in our well, everything that we do? And our coping mechanisms sometimes become so, so advanced that we actually forget about who we really are and what yes. we really need. Yeah. I know I absolutely I agree and I resonate with your story so much because I I didn't have a car accident, but I got really sick at work one day top 10 most embarrassing moments of my life, but I came home and I remember I was like so sick that I woke up on our bathroom floor and I remember just like staring at the toilet and being like, this is it. Like, this is my life. <laughs> like, Cause I was getting, just feeling so defeated all the time and so anxious and so stressed out that it was just like, it just became overwhelming. Like I constantly felt like I was trying to keep my my head above water and I I also got to that point where I was like I can't do this anymore like whatever this is this is not for me this isn't right for me and I knew from a like looking back of course you can only connect the dots looking back I knew like this isn't for me I shouldn't be in this place I knew the first day that I walked into that big corporate job that this was not going to be the place for me but I kind of set that aside and was like, well, everyone else is doing this. Everyone else seems fine. So like I should be okay too. And that was totally the wrong mindset to have. 
Mm, totally, um, yeah. So you had you had mentioned that the INN, so the um, Institute for Integrative Nutrition, takes a look at the whole picture of food. Um, it's not yeah. just about like nutrition, but also culture and social interactions and our relationship with food. And so I want to talk a little bit about the blue zones. And I had told you like Italy is one of my favorite countries that I've been to. And I told you, I was like, I've never felt healthier than when I was in Italy. And I was like eating all the pasta, all the carbs, wine, but I never felt healthier. I, so I was like, why, <laughs> like, what was that? I can never do that here. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the blue zones. It's yeah. The IIN really creates that whole, uh, it's the whole package. It's life you know we need nutrients to survive we also need our tribe and this is the difference with the blue zones they have their tribes so um you know especially as millennials um we tend to be very much i'm not a millennial you are yes. <laughs> we tend to be online so much more we've lost that family interaction we might see our friends maybe once a month or you know we might pick up a call and then we cancel because something's come up or whatever and we don't necessarily understand that importance of that connection relationship and physicality of being with another human being but as as our cultural goes going back thousands of years we were always in tribes so you know, the reason you felt so healthy is because everybody's out, everybody's eating, everybody's enjoying the food. They're enjoying the food, not just eating on the hoof, you know, and grabbing a burger or grabbing fries or grabbing something and eating it in the car. The Italians, the Greeks, the Sardinians, the Cal even in California, actually, there is one place in California that is a blue zone. Um, yeah, it's Loma Linda. Loma Linda, exactly. Which is actually not that far from me. So I was like, I no, it's maybe about like two or three hours, um, which in the car, I mean, because in California, like you drive everywhere. So that's yeah. like actually not that bad of a drive. And I was like, I should go there and just check it out you one day. You should definitely go there. So the purpose of, you know, why um, Dan Butner did, discovered all of this was because of their interaction with their family, their friends, their community their tribe, if you like. So, you know, they would very often gather together, they would eat together, they would just communicate together. And he also did a, a bit of research, which you've probably read as well, Brie, is the fact that when, you know, the Italians moved into the US um, in different regions, that the study continued. So as the, they became more Americanized, the kids would go off and do different things and go to university and then leave and go to different states. And that's when they became not so healthy, not so happy. The longevity of life started to diminish. Whereas in, the, in their native countries, the kids never moved away. They were still within a family orientation. They still had their family get-togethers every week, every twice a week or whatever it might be. And that's what kept the blue zones together until they were taken away from their native land. And yes. it, you know, it's really interesting to see that the culture of the way that we eat 
now is pick up and go. Like I said, eat it in the car or, you know, I, I see so often mums picking up their kids from school and they're taking them to this event or they're taking them to that event or this, you know, they're eating snacks in the car on the way and they can't speak to the kids because the kids are eating their food and, you know, they wonder why they won't sit still when they're at the table to eat dinner. Um, and this is all about, I think, evolving back to how it used to be. I think so many people are looking to create what we used to have um, years and years ago, which ultimately increases our health and happiness within our families. Absolutely. And for anyone who doesn't know what a blue zone is, um, they're in the book, which he talks about, um, they're basically areas in the world where people live to be over 90 to 100 years old. And there is nothing like the the study that they did with the Italians that came to America is that these people were dying of natural causes. They weren't dying because of high cholesterol or blood pressure or cancer, anything like that. And so he was very interested, like, what are these, what are these quote blue zones? What are they doing differently than the rest of the world? And so they looked at like the Italian, American Italians, um, food and they were like they're still eating all the pasta and the carbs and the cheese and like but they're they didn't have high blood pressure they didn't have high cholesterol like health wise they they were fine so it was like okay it had to be something beyond the food like what what were they doing differently and exactly to what Allison was saying is that of most of these blue zones they he calls them the oh shoot I forgot what they're called but basically there are these I think eight or nine lessons um, where he goes through each of these blue zones had these things in common and community was one of them. And then family was another one. And I think that that is a huge part of what we're missing. And especially in America, I think our, our like dieting uh, market is worth like $61 billion. And I think that that is like, the saddest thing ever because it's not so much about it is food and nutrition is important and it always will be. But I think as Americans, we're missing that component of being connected while we eat or having a sense of community, even if they're not your family, like your blood, but maybe finding a new tribe of people who you can surround yourself with um, are so, so important. I, t- I tell you what they were. It was the fact, uh, some of the facts that, helps them to stay the way that they are is one was that they move naturally you know they walk where they need to go to or they get on their bike and they cycle they do their own gardening they do their own housework they just move but whatever their natural elements are to move their body that's what they continued to do and that was one of the big parts of these um these cultural issues and they had a purpose you know they had a purpose in their life they were even if they were a carpenter or they were a dressmaker they were happy in that life they were happy doing what they were doing and you know they might do that for their entire life but they were grateful yeah. for doing that so that also gave them a happiness they were also able to switch off you know, the stress wasn't there all the time. And they were, they were like, okay, nine o'clock, the family is coming for dinner. You know, this is what we need to do. They had their events and they had their parties and they go to church and they're very cultural. And, you know, they, they focus on that still. And then they, they know that when they're eating, you know, you see Italians, you see the Greeks, you see um, the, the Costa Ricans, and you see them all with this huge amount of food on the table. 
mm-hmm. but they, they know when to stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's, you know, they know, okay, I'm full now. Thank you very much. I don't need to continue to it because I know I'm going to get fed tomorrow. I'm happy. There's no emotional ties with the food. It's coming. It's coming from my garden, wherever it needs to come from. And it's fine. Um, which is amazing, which is what we don't do in today's culture. No, we don't. And in Italy, I swear we walked like miles every day. And that was mostly because we also didn't have a car. Um, but I was like, and the Italians eat very late at night, which like in America, we eat maybe between, at least I eat around like 6, 630. Um, mm-hmm. But there it's not uncommon for them to be eating at like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And in America, for whatever yes, reason. They've been to sleep for two hours in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's another thing. I'm like, we need siestas. Someone needs to bring that over. Fine, and you know they drink the wine. They have a moderate amount, but it's on a regular consumption, and they know that it's it's local, and you know they enjoy it, and it's social. Unlike our our culture, and I know especially in the UK, there's huge amounts of binge culture when it comes to alcohol, and that again can increase a depressive state. It can increase um, cardiovascular disease. It can cause increased blood pressure and so on and so forth. But, you know, when you're in these zones of um, health and vitality and listening to your body, it's all about intuitive eating and drinking. And they always put their loved ones and their family first. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, in America, drinking is, is, huge um to put it lightly I think it might I mean why I know in the UK it it is probably equivalent to how it is in America but I personally I I don't drink then when I do it's like I only drink maybe a glass of wine and that's that's it and that's like very very rare um and it wasn't originally for health reasons reasons it was just that alcoholism runs in my family and it was something that I was like i I saw what it did to my family and I saw what it did to the people who had it in my family. And I was like, I just don't even want to risk it. But then it also became like a health reason. Like when I was in my early, early twenties, like that was what I, all my friends did was go out and drink and like binge drink on the weekends. And that just became like the norm. And then when I stopped drinking, it was like, wow, like my eyes got clear. Like the, the area, like the white part of my eyes was just like so clear. Like cognitively, I felt a lot stronger. Physically, I felt so much better because even when I, especially binge drinking, like the next morning you wake up and you just want to eat all of the crappy foods. And it's like that hangover at least as I got older, like it became like lasted much longer than just, you know, one or two days. It was like, it felt like it lasted a half a week for me to catch up onto being back and feeling like normal in my body. Yeah, it's an awful feeling. It really is. Um, So one of the things that I thought was really interesting when we first started talking is that you specifically want to help female entrepreneurs and Uh kind of unpack that because I thought that that was really interesting on you kind of gave a really good analogy where women are especially female entrepreneurs are more willing to spend maybe that five thousand dollars on a strategy uh package versus their health and their wellness so kind of unravel that well as I've 
kind of entered into more health coaching with women, I, you know, and this is all from experience, this is all from what I, I know, that women want to be on top of the game, they want to be healthy, they want to look aesthetically amazing, and they'll invest five, 10, 15, even 20 grand on a business coach to help them with their business to survive, uh, to thrive, sorry. But they are literally just surviving because they're so exhausted. They're surviving on coffee. They're surviving on sugar. They're not nutritionally dense in their body at all. You know, we just spoke about the blue zones and this is something that entrepreneurs now tend to just leave their health behind because they want so much to be successful and really they're forgetting how absolutely critical it is to underpin their health and wellness in themselves not necessarily first but along the journey of building this entrepreneurial empire you know the that i um I love Nick Pigeon, and she has a program which is uh, health, uh, Happy Women Make More Money. And I truly believe that happy and healthy women make, generate, and create more money. Because if you are underpinning your health, your cognitive brain is like so responsive. You remove the fogginess in your brain. You avoid adrenal burnout and fatigue, which is what you and I both had. Mm -hmm. uh, previously and also it affects the way that our gut health is connected with our brain so if our gut is healthy our brain becomes so much more healthy as well because we can see things from an outside point of view that if we're a bit foggy we can't necessarily see so that's why I really wanted to make the shift to really help entrepreneurs truly truly and want to be the healthiest version that they can be so they can enjoy all the fruits of their work Yes, I completely agree. I think some of the healthiest women that I know are the most successful because they put their health first. And it, you're totally right. I've even noticed in myself in the beginning of this whole journey that I've been on with my, with my blog and turning it into a business in the beginning, it was like exactly what you were saying earlier. Like I just wanted to like eat for the sake of, okay, I need, I need food. It's been a couple of hours since I've eaten, but it wasn't food that was fueling my body and fueling my work. And so I began to realize like, oh my gosh, like this is a real thing. Like my brain is foggy. I can't focus. Like I can't sit still. And that was like, my business was suffering because I wasn't able to perform at the levels that I needed to perform. And I think sleep is a huge part of that. I and mean, we talked a little bit about that before we started recording where sleep is, is, the most important thing that you can do for so many reasons. And I just learned about, um, oh, what is, I can't pronounce it, leptin levels. Okay. Have you, yeah. have you, have you heard of leptin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so um, many different foods and things that are in your body, but yeah, you need to have those balance too. Yeah. And I didn't realize that if you like skip out on sleep, like your leptin levels get so out of whack and leptin is, important it, it, it tells the brain like when to eat and how much to eat and yeah, so if yeah so if you are if your leptin levels are really low your body's and because of lack of sleep your body's gonna kick in and start saying like yo we need to eat even <laughs> if you don't really need to eat so that was like a huge eye-opener for me I was like oh my gosh okay I need my eight to nine hours <laughs> like um so yeah that's really 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 interesting and another thing 
to kind of segue into it was you talked about emotional triggers that Mm. female business owners experience that really lead them to overeat or not take care of their health. So what does that look like? Explain that just a little bit more. I guess it's, you know, what we already spoke about when we talked of the corporate side and the masculinity of men dominating the world. So women can sometimes think, right, I've got to do this. I've got to succeed. I've got to be, have a better qualification than that guy's had, or I'm not going to get this position or I'm not going to get this contract. And that stress level can affect, as we've just said, the leptin levels, it can affect our hormones massively on a whole. It can affect our adrenal glands because we're so stressed. So we're not able to detoxify our body. So we continue to to build up those toxins. Um, And women's hormones are totally different to men's. And the more stress that we have, if we're not able to switch our mindset to being calmer, healthier, um, what's the word I want? take an overview of where we're at to enjoy the things that we want then it becomes really difficult and that just creates a vicious cycle you know it's like being on a hamster wheel with an electric switch that nobody can reach Mm. yes absolutely yeah our bodies are so different than men's especially with things like cortisol and adrenaline and like leptin and all of those things they just they just work completely different so can you give us a quick glance over kind of like what you would recommend as a daily routine that really emphasizes the importance of health. Yeah. Well, again, this is everybody's different. So we have to think about how somebody functions. I know you and I have said that you, you prefer to get up and do your exercise before you even switch on anything. So you're clear and you've had that time for yourself. I am exactly the same. I find that if you get caught up in work, your exercise and self-care really tends not to happen because you'll find a reason or an excuse not to do it. So I think the, the, the best way for an entrepreneur or woman to really focus and get as healthy as possible is to set a routine that is like a religious routine and a ritual almost, is to wake up and to, to have an elixir tea, which is something like um, apple cider vinegar, which is an ancient, like just superfood. Hippocrates, um, I never pronounce his name right either, was a doctor, Greek doctor, who absolutely swore by um, apple cider vinegar. So apple cider vinegar with a little bit of um, lemon juice in it to just help the alkalinity and the um, probiotics in your gut with some warm water, even a little bit of honey, then you are off to a great start and your gut can start to heal. That followed by either journaling or meditation in the morning, if that's your thing to do in the morning, and then you are ready for your day. And set a plan. You know, sometimes having a food plan can help women who are busy in so many more ways. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to cook every single day. You can have a plan and cook foods that are going to take 10 minutes. I am not one of these ladies who creates three-hour recipes in the kitchen like <laughs> if you have to be a housewife and you have to start from scratch I cook everything from scratch but you know what it might take me 30 minutes tops and we're done and it's about um you know these entrepreneurs understanding that they can cook something super duper healthy in 10 15 minutes that's really going to fuel them it's going to help with their gut health the healthier the gut health the healthier their brain health 
and to really focus forward. Get that workout done in the morning as well. So you've got you've got your elixir tea, you've got lots of water, you've got a workout movement, whether it be yoga, pilates, stretching, hit training, going for a quick run, going for a walk. Move your body. Get your body to naturally detoxify because otherwise you get straight up. You go straight onto the laptop, you grab a coffee, you grab a cream cheese bagel or whatever it might be that's literally nutrient deficient and you can't go, your cognitive focus just can't be there. So always have plans that if you're feeling that little bit of a dip in your blood sugar that you have dried fruits, um, sorry, dried nuts, not necessarily dried fruits because they have a lot of sugar in them. Yeah. Natural fresh fruits. Um, obviously when you're going from the day, have a really nutritious breakfast. And if you're on the run, you know, make a, make a smoothie, make a shake, put some avocados and get some fats in there, put some seeds in there, get some omega-3 fatty acids in there, get some greens in there with your spinach or your kale or whatever it might be, cucumber even, some apple. Throw in some peanut butter if you don't want avocado so you get natural fats. Your brain has got these foods that's really going to stimulate it and let it work. And then just follow the day through. Once you've started that day in the right way, with high nutrition, with balance, with clarity, then your whole day can just be incredible. It doesn't matter what's thrown at you. When your mindset is right, your food is right, doesn't matter what's going to come your way, you are finding a way to balance it out and be able to deal with stressful situations. So I think the higher you are with your nutrients, the better you are with your mindset and clarity, you are just absolutely going to thrive instead of just surviving. Love all of those tips. And, the th and one more thing, just to, to kind of uh, support Allison in this, her recipes, and I think that's a huge thing too, is a lot of women think, well, I don't have the time to cook. Like it's so much easier for me to just run and grab something. And of course it's easier to just get takeaway. But Allison, everything that she has done, I've seen her Instagram stories, I've seen her Facebook lives, I've seen her posts on social media, and she does make these recipes that are so simple and so easy. They don't take a ton of time to make. And like she said, have a plan. I think that was like the biggest shift that needed to happen for me was to like make food on Monday or on Sunday night. So I had stuff Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and maybe into Thursday. And I didn't have to, I didn't give myself the opportunity to be like, well, I don't feel like cooking. I can just run out and grab something. If I already had it pre-made or I knew like, oh, this will only take me 10 to 15 minutes. It was easier for me to make that choice. Yeah. And even if you triple cook everything, you have a triple, if you cooked, um, you know, I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a business. I have a husband. I have a dog. I have to also be real about these things. I don't have time to, to cook these long meals either, but I'm going to give you an example, which really might help whoever's listening is brown rice is super, super simple. It's nutritious. It's got natural carbs in it. It's also been a healing food in Japan for such a long time that if you made a batch of rice, you can turn that into porridge in the morning. It doesn't as long as it's not cooked with a vegetable stock. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can turn it into a porridge in the morning. You can have it with um, just some spinach and mushrooms for lunchtime. You can turn it into, um, you know, you can have it with some chili in the evening, which you may have made a batch before. So you've already got three meals from one cook off. So yeah, there's yeah. so many different options and use your freezer. 
buy things in bulk, go to the whole food stores in the USA. I know it's whole food stores, find local grocers markets that are close to you, wherever else you are in the world. Um, and make those connections so you can get organic natural foods and literally stock up, have the nuts and things in your cupboards, the nuts, the seeds, the, you can freeze avocado, you can freeze banana throw them in there so in the morning I've got you know five minutes okay I'm going to zap it in a blender I've got a smoothie boil six eggs in advance instead of just boiling one right and see there's so many there's so many options that I think that it just makes it to like there is no excuse no and it's it's about just habit changing it's mm-hmm. about knowing that okay I'll pick up a Starbucks and I'll pick up a muffin on the way or even if you didn't want to do this yourself at home, switch and go to Pret-a-Manger or go to somewhere that you know you can pick up some healthier salads that haven't been drenched in um, dressings and and not just a you know a Subway sandwich or a wrap or whatever. It's like okay, I'm going to choose the <laughs> I'm going to choose the boiled eggs and the spinach which they have, or I'm going to choose the the fruit pot and then I'm going to have something else so I've got protein as well as my phytonutrients and my fruit so if you are a a woman who is still not convinced that you can cook super easy at home there are still options when you go out and this is another thing I get faced with a lot from entrepreneurial women how do I eat when I'm traveling how do I eat when I'm in a restaurant I travel a lot Brie you know I travel a lot (laughs) I'm always like whenever we've been trying to schedule things I'm like wait what's your time zone like where are you You know, so I make I make a, a choice, a personal choice that, okay, if I'm going to go to an airport, I've either got to go and search something in a store that's outside that I might be able to eat that's going to be healthy, that's not going to agree with me so much. And this is about listening to your body as well. You know, if certain foods don't suit you, then don't eat them. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to travel in the car, which I sometimes do go across Europe and travel, I'm kind of like, okay, I need 10 hours worth of snacks and food. Let's do this. Let's just put it in the car and go with it. And that's, they're the options that you have to think about. If I'm going to be traveling for 10 hours, what can I put in my bag that I'm A, going to get through customs and B, is going to satisfy me? Am I going to feel satisfied when I eat something that's really not very healthy in an airport or on a lunch? Or do you know what? I am very much, I'd rather crowd out and not just go with what people expect. If I'm in a restaurant, I don't have something on the menu that I think I want. If it's a really good restaurant, you just ask, you just ask the waiting server whether, you know, do you think the chef could do this, this or this for me? I don't want any of this dressing on it. I just want it really super plain. Or I just want some really tasty vegetables. Do you think you could just even make me a stir fry or something that's not on your menu if that's a problem? You know, just let me know. Ask the questions. Never be afraid to just sit there with a menu and never be afraid to rem- of what people are going to think of you if you ask for something that's not there. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like in America, pretty much anywhere you go, you can ask for substitutions. I mean, if you're at like a very fancy, pricey, bougie restaurant, maybe not. Um, but for the most part, anywhere you go in America, you can definitely ask for substitutions or change things around I can't I'm lactose intolerant I've been lactose intolerant since I was born um and that's like one of the things that I've always had to do is like I can't have anything that has like dressing especially if it has a milk base to it like that's going to be a no for me 
And that's always something that I've had to ask and like kind of moderate and ask for different things. And it's really nice now, especially like at Starbucks, they do have the soy milk and the almond milk and the coconut milk, um, which they never used to before. So it, it's becoming, I think, a little bit more seamless um, when asking for, for substitutions. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, never be afraid. I, I've been with people before now, we've been out for coffee and they've ordered that latte and I'm like, but I thought you couldn't drink milk. Oh yeah, but it's no option. So I'll just deal with it. Why, why would you put that in your body if you know that you're going to reject it and you know that it's not going to make you feel well? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting when I was in Europe, I was eating all of the cheese, regular milk, and I didn't have a single stomach ache. But then the second I landed and I got like a normal like, cheese here, and milk okay, here. Conversation, and we could go into. <laughs> yeah. I would have massive arguments with my husband because he's a commodity trader. So we have a huge contention about the USA production of meat, dairy, and so on and so forth in comparison to Europe. So that's another subject that we need to cover. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's, that's. I'd actually maybe after this we can talk about that because that is something that really <laughs> intrigues me because I was like, what the heck, like. That's what made me, I was like, maybe I should just move to Europe because then I'll never have another stomachache again. It's the American FDA and the government are so, you know, they get so much money out of it for mass production, whereas in Europe it's not. We're very fortunate in Switzerland, everything is organic, everything's naturally pasteurized, the cows are in the field, they're not fed fortified foods, which cows shouldn't actually eat. Uh, meat derivatives because they're they're not carnivores but also the way that they're grazed and the way that they're not filled with hormones and um antibiotics so that's the difference when you get back into the usa unfortunately and lots of people might have a contention with what i'm saying but they're so highly um sponsored by the government and vice versa that unfortunately they have to fill them with antibiotics and hormones to make the production safe and edible for human consumption which sometimes not all humans can deal with lactose and um, the, the products and the elements that are in um, dairy produce oh absolutely and i also think hereditary plays it plays a plays a role in it because i know um part of my ethnicity is my dad is Asian. And so um, growing up, they were, they could not afford regular milk. And so they had to do like the powdered milk stuff and like it would still upset my dad's stomach. Um, and so for a majority of their, of his life, like they didn't have, they didn't drink milk. Um, so I don't know if that maybe caused some type of lactose intolerance for him, but it also, from a very young age, like I could never have 2% milk or any kind of milk. And at the time, in the early nineties, when I was a kid, soy milk wasn't a thing. So, um, so massively produced, you know, it's a lot of genetically modified um, substance that's going to producing soy. Um, again, it's good job my husband's not listening to this, but also <laughs> not only- <laughs> You said about ethnic, your ethnic background. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that has a massive role to play on where we are with our DNA makeup right now as well. Because, you know, from Ayurvedic terms, that's we've only really been consuming milk and dairy for about two and a half thousand years. Prior to that, we didn't use the after products of animals. It was literally hunt, gather, eat the meat, that's it. We didn't really realize that we could use the milk and the eggs and so on and so forth until about two and a half thousand years ago. So, you know, that's 
that is still a relatively new phenomenon of people. But if you are, uh, I'm, uh, wherever cows were not, <laughs> yeah. then, dairy, then dairy was not part of the, the makeup of our bodies. And that's yeah. why, you know, in, in India specifically, they, they don't eat meat. They don't eat meat, but they would drink milk. And you know, you have the ghee and you have the, um, what is that cheese that they eat? I can't remember the name of it right now, but they can eat dairy, but not all Indians can eat dairy because a lot of Indians have asthma and eczema and that's an after, after party of the dairy affecting yeah, their that's body. that's actually what, um, my doctor I think had told my, my mom was because I did have eczema. Um, as a kid and dairy was like one of the things that was like, oh, she might have like an intolerance and I, cause I had the, the eczema, um, on my, on, in between my, um, elbows and behind my knees. And so we cut out the dairy and then that made, made a world of difference. So yeah. uh, but people are like, oh, you're lactose intolerant. Is this like a thing, like a trend you're following? I'm like, no, <laughs> I've literally had it since I was a kid. Um, <laughs> it's actually dairy as a whole you know because you can get this lactose removed stuff uh, but still it's still consumed dairy it's, it's funny you said in Italy um, it was we got married in Italy and it was our chef that told us that um, if you eat parmesan there, there's a product in it that removes all the lactose anyway so it makes it easier for you to digest if you have a dairy intolerance whereas you give me a normal cheese and I can't I can't even take it, it makes me feel really quite nauseous um, but also it's about wheat, dairy. There's so much we could talk about right here, right now. But the, my, my kids really don't do very well on dairy and wheat. They come out in, um, in like little spots because it affects the, the way that they break it down in the kidneys and the liver. So they really shouldn't be eating a high level of gluten or dairy. And as soon as you cut it out of their diet, they're great. Yeah. So interesting how how much our, our diet can really affect just so many elements of our body and even our cognitive health. Um, and to kind of close this out, so where can people find you on Instagram and on Facebook? Okay, so on Instagram, it is Vibrant Balanced Health, but underscore between vibrant and balanced. That's the easiest way to get me on there. And on, I do have a, a private Facebook group for any woman who is looking to increase their knowledge and get really healthy. And it's Vibrant Balanced Health for Aspiring Female Entrepreneurs. And also the website is just www.vibrantbalancedhealth.com. Super simple. Awesome. And majority of the people who listen to this are in the US and you actually are going to be coming to the US in April of next year. So why don't you kind of tell us what they can expect from you while you're here? I'm so excited. I just <laughs> today. So I am coming to Santa Barbara um, for a retreat, which is incredible. And um, that is going to be happening on the 6th. 6th of April, it's a weekend retreat, um, which I've been invited to speak at, which is awesome. So on the 6th of September, uh, 6th of September, 6th of April, I beg your pardon, it's uh, the Soul Summit, 
which is um, just incredible. There's about 25 different speakers going to that event. They're running two, one the weekend before, one the weekend after. And I get to be there on stage for two days just sharing with women uh, my journey and how I can help other women just improve their, their health and their mindset. Amazing. That is so exciting. You're going to love Santa Barbara. It's absolutely beautiful. And if you rent a car, you have to go to Ojai. Ojai is very, very health conscious. And like, they just have some really cool areas and it's wine country as well. So you'll probably really enjoy it. I am going to include all of the links for her Facebook group and Instagram and website um, in the um, episode description as well. And then I know that you said that you're also launching a new course in the, the, you're calling it like the Academy. It's the Body Freedom Academy, and that's going to be coming live from the 24th of September, which is just incredible. It's going to be an eight-week program. It's a group program where women are women who need to make changes in their life, like we've just spoken about, understanding that it doesn't have to take 35 to 40 minutes to an hour to cook healthy food. It's about empowering women to eat healthy, to choose healthy, to have a healthier mindset, to live in a body that they love. Understanding that each and every woman is different, you know, body shape, body size, heritage that we've just spoken about as well, can also have a huge effect on where you're at. So this um, Body Freedom Academy is about empowering women to literally understand who they are, what they are, and what they are yet to become. Awesome. Well, that is so exciting. Thank you so much, Alison, for being here and sh- chatting with me and like sharing all of this really, I think, so well, I can't even say talk now. Um, so much, <laughs> so much valuable um, information with us. Oh, I'm so excited! I'm so happy that you asked me to be here, and it's such a pleasure talking with you. Um, and so we just talk about this all day. 